We're talking today about one of the procedures that the Jehovah's Witnesses employ in their belief system, which is called judicial hearings. What are judicial hearings? Let's get into the definition, shall we? Judicial hearings are a court system established by the Jehovah's Witnesses in order to control the members inside of the congregation. And this court system has the responsibility to figure out if wrongdoings are being committed inside of the church slash congregation. And these wrongdoings can cover a broad range of topics. Now, at face value, this might seem like a great way or an excellent method to prevent wrongdoings from occurring inside of the congregation until we start to break down what exactly constitutes a wrongdoing inside of a congregation. So, for example, a wrongdoing can be something so small as watching a rated R movie. Now, even if you intentionally want to watch this movie, let's say you're a young person, a young adult, you're in school, in high school, and your teacher showed you a rated R movie, or they showed you something explicit in health class. If it's something that the elders in the congregation, because of personal personal issues or personal beliefs, if they if their interests do not align with what you have done, you could find yourself in this judicial hearing. It could be as simple as that. Or another example, how about suspicion? If someone so much as suspects that you have done something that doesn't align with the interest of the leadership in the congregation, or moreover, the overall worldwide organization, which is the religion as a whole, if you, if you are marked for suspicion, your life can become a living nightmare. And by that I mean you can find yourself in a perpetual judicial hearing loop. So people, the elders, the leadership would call you text you, send you letters, look for you constantly to berate you about your personal life. And you would have to reveal personal, personal intimate secrets, intimate information about your life at their choosing. Now, all of this can happen just on suspicion. And this is why it makes this judicial hearing process that the Jehovah's Witnesses have, why it makes it such a barbaric practice, because it causes extreme anxiety in the minds of their believers. It's a traumatic experience to be in front of three men that pry, nitpick every single detail about your personal life. This could be your intimate sexual life. This could be your personal life with other members of the congregation or people whom you associate in your daily life. This is, this is a terrible practice, and it's why we are shedding light on it today. 
something so small, so small as the suspicion or you having a conversation that they so much as did not like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad conversation. It just has to be a conversation that the leadership did not like. This micromanaging of your life eventually and has led to, and this is what we see inside of the religion today, has led to the destruction of people's lives. And by that, we mean they are filled with anxiety at the notion that they might end up in a, in a judicial hearing. They have mental health issues because of the fear that they have of the leadership coming down on them. And what you have today are countless lives, a great majority of people, a great number, a great majority of people who are now on depression medication, anxiety medication, because of the fear of their own leaders, their own pastors coming down on them. And someone might argue, well, what's the big deal with this judicial hearing stuff? Because someone has to police people. Someone has to watch over these people. And to an extent, that is correct. Because in the Bible, we do find instances of pastors. We do find instances of the apostles taking a certain lead uh, of responsibility in this Christian faith. But the problem with the Jehovah's Witnesses is that the violations, the standards that they set forth are nowhere to be found inside the Bible. And one, one example is what we just gave. On mere suspicion, mere suspicion can drive a person mad inside the Jehovah's Witnesses. If you are not liked amongst the members of the congregation, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a no good. It's a no-no for you. And this is what makes this such a terrible practice. So let me give you an example. And this is straight out of their policy book. So one of the things that could find yourself in this mock court system, in this judicial hearing system, is apostasy. What is apostasy? Well, that's when you say something that doesn't align with the interests of the church. It could be something so innocent as objective thinking, which is welcomed at every single school, isn't it? At every elementary, every high school, every, well, most colleges, we accept and we want objective thinkers. And this is what we like to think is how we find facts in life. We think objectively, impartially. Well, this is not the case with Jehovah's Witnesses. The law of the land, their policies stand as they print them. And what they print goes. You don't have a say as to deviating from any of their policies. If their policies say one thing, you have to fall in line. It's, it's, it's a lot like the cult mentality because as you will come to find out, this is indeed a cult. This isn't in, uh, an opinion. You can decipher that for yourself. You could come to your own conclusion. 
But after we we seriously look into the the religion objectively, so let's 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 do this for example. I'll give you another example, an additional example. Jehovah's Witnesses are very famous for constantly changing their doctrines. What is um, a doctrine today can go away tomorrow, and a lot of them are senseless. For example, today they have a doctrine that says that Russia is the king of the north, according to the book of Daniel and the prophecies. They grab prophecies inside of the Bible, and they give them their own twist. But the funny thing is that not even a couple years go by, and they change it. They say, hey, uh, God has given us new light, is what they call it. God has given us some new instruction, and now we understand it this way. They won't say, we got it wrong. They won't say, oh, darn it, sucks for us. They won't say, I made a mistake. These words are nowhere to be found in their publications. What they say is, God has given us new understanding. And you have to accept that. You can't say, well, didn't you guys get it wrong? You can't say, darn it, that sucks. What you say is, wow, we've got some new understanding. God is on our side. God is constantly revealing new things to us. Funny, because for a religion that has so much faith in God, their God (laughs) gets it wrong an awful lot of times. But hey, A faithful man isn't the man that sees through all the bull. A faithful man is a man that continues to put faith in the man that gets it dead wrong every single time. So this is an example of what apostasy is. If you go against their teachings, which a lot of them are nonsense, you will find yourself in the judicial hearing. So another thing that could find yourself inside a judicial committee are drugs. Many people inside the Jehovah's Witness community do not understand that there are drugs that are prescribed by doctors. Now, I'm not saying everyone, but there is this notion where all drugs are bad. There are drugs that are prescribed by doctors. If a prescription, if you have a drug prescription from a doctor and for some reason or another, the elders do not accept that as a good example for the congregation, you can find yourself in one of these committees. So as an example, let us say that a doctor has prescribed a certain drug for you. And this is maybe something to do with your anxiety, maybe something to do with your stress levels, something that it's a drug that is prescribed by a doctor. It can help you out if this does not have the approval of the elders, you can find yourself in one of these court systems again. Notice what they mention in their policy book. If a medical doctor authorizes 
and or prescribes marijuana for a medical problem, a Christian may choose to make use of this form of treatment. You would think that's it. You would think that's all. Okay, end of story, perfectly worded, well said. But here comes the additional details. It says, the policy book continues, although no judicial action would be taken if an issue arises in the congregation, the elders will need to determine whether the individual can be viewed as exemplary. What does that mean? Let's unpack this. It says, although no judicial action would be taken, okay, no judicial action, as in no penalty, it does not mean that you will not be dragged through the court system. And the court system that they have can determine that you are no longer fit to be an exemplary Jehovah's Witness. That's the word that was used in this in the second sentence. What does that mean? Exemplary. Jehovah's Witnesses, in general, are not aware that they are being classified into two main types. And this is apart from all the hierarchical status that exists in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses are normally not aware that they are being classified as two different kind of Jehovah's Witnesses. There is the exemplary Jehovah's Witnesses, Jehovah's Witness, and there is the non-exemplary Jehovah's Witness. The exemplary Jehovah's Witness is a witness who does everything according to the Watchtower policies. Every single thing. The non-exemplary Jehovah's Witness is a Jehovah's Witness that although is accepted, although is welcomed, can be very well liked, he is just not quite pulling his weight. So there are things to do. There are commitments to which they hold you to. And if you are not committed to the cause fully, you could find yourself as a non-exemplary Jehovah's Witness. None of this is Christian. And this is what we want our audience to understand. None of, none of what we are explaining here is, has anything to do with Christianity. It has everything to do with the policies of the Jehovah's Witness. So let us say that you find yourself in this mock court system, in the judicial committee. They have decided that it is okay to use a certain drug because you have a doctor's, a doctor's prescription. Well, they could say that's, that's no, no issue. And it says in here, there will be no judicial action taken against you. It does not mean, it does not mean that there won't be any repercussions. Because it says, again, although no judicial action would be taken, if an issue arises in the congregation, if an issue, if they so much as make up a crime, if they so much as hear a peep out of someone else that says, I don't think that person is an exemplary 
Jehovah's Witness. If someone so much as looks at them the wrong way about your situation, there will be a penalty against you. You will find yourself as a non-exemplary person. What can come of that? Well, what comes of that is the stain on your name. Now, a person that is self-confident, that is strong uh, mentally, would say, well, I could care less about that. But the Jehovah's Witnesses aren't built that way. You see, it's a tight-knit community. A fly doesn't enter in that church without every single person knowing. You cannot sneeze without the whole world knowing. Every single thing. It is a tight-knit community. Everything about you is known. So if you lose a good name, you could lose friends. You could, you could find yourself the victim of gossip. You could find yourself the victim of bullying by the leadership. They will, they, you could find yourself in a perpetual loop where they're constantly bringing you in to try and find some sort of sin, some sort of ill that they are trying to pin on you. you. This could happen. This happens all the time. It is a toxic community. So that second sentence finished in the following way. If an issue arises in the congregation, the elders would need to determine whether the individual can be viewed as exemplary. So again, it says the elders will need to determine they will need to determine whether you can be viewed as exemplary. That means you are coming right back in. You thought you escaped this? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> now you get a text. Now you get a call. And you must appear before them. You are summoned right over. You could go back and reference, but well, this, these policies are actually kept away from them. These are secret policies that they have in the background, so you don't know what to do or what not to do. So you're confounded. You think to yourself, well, I didn't do anything bad. I have a, I have a prescription. Uh, what did I do wrong? And you will be summoned again. One way or, an, or another, they are trying to stick mud to the wall one way or another. So, so what's the end result? Because someone might say, well, that's not so bad. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what they, they accuse me of or suspect me of doing. And that is a strong-minded person. That is a person with thick skin. But thick skin does absolutely nothing here when you're constantly being bombarded and traumatized with anxiety that you honestly do not need. Well, the end result of all this isn't only just your mental health. The end result for them is that they publicly admonish you. They publicly reprove you. You are disciplined in front of everyone. And that includes your family. That includes your buddies. That includes your sister, your son, your daughter, dad, mom, every single person that you know, because every single person that you know is inside the church. So the sad thing is that in front of everyone, 
your name is dragged through the mud on a mere suspicion, on a mere suspicion that lacks any evidence. This can happen. This happens. This is a common occurrence inside of the Jehovah's Witness. And again, it is no wonder why many Jehovah's Witnesses are on anxiety medication. Take it from me. They had me in one of these mock leadership positions, and one of the saddest things that I can report back to you, one of the saddest things that I, I, I saw is the endless and countless amount of people that were on anxiety medication. I'm not talking 50%. I'm talking the majority and it's not just the place that I went to, the church that I went to, the congregation, what they call it. It's a church, <laughs> but it's a, it's a cult church. But it, it's not just there. Um, I, I was a very active Jehovah's Witness, so I got to travel to neighboring congregations and even congregations out of state and it was no different and it's and it's a, and it's terrible and it's sad when you genuinely care about people and you see this anxiety in their hearts and you're 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 able to do absolutely nothing about it but commit commit to the policies that have caused this anxiety there is a lot of pe- good people Genuine people trying to do genuinely good things that are being manipulated, that are being controlled in a way that is extremely extremely detrimental to their health. So let us end on this note, the reproof process. The reproval, this is the end result of what a judicial committee, a judicial hearing is. This end result, again, is disastrous for for a uh, Jehovah's Witness member's life. It changes the way that your friends see you. It changes the way that your relationships, whoever you had a good relationship with, sees you. Because, and we will get into this because there is a lot to unpack with this as well. You can see your entire life flipped upside down. When you are admonished, when you are reprimanded in front of more than 100 people that, uh, uh, that encapsulate basically your whole social network, and they are told, and you are called out, I'm sorry, they are told of basically what you did, even though they say they don't do it. They say they don't do it, but they have a discourse, a talk before that, basically points at every single thing that you did. And when you are reprimanded, they say your name. When this happens, your entire world, again, is flipped upside down. What you see as an end result that is occurring is that people have found themselves in such a situation that they are black sheep in a way that at times even your own family members, believe it or not, even your own Family members are welcomed, are instructed, are taught, are rewarded 
in front of everyone else to keep a distance from you because you're a black sheep, because you're tainted, because you're bad, because you're not a good Jehovah's Witness, you're not a good Christian, because God doesn't quite like you. At least this is the message they send. When this happens, it is it is debilitating. It destroys a person's mental health. We could go on and on forever, but we do want to come back on another episode and talk about the reproval process, the reproval, the public, the, the public marking of a person, why this is not a biblical practice, why this is not a Christian practice, why this isn't a practice that Jesus taught, has nothing to do with God, has nothing to do with just generally being a good person, obviously. But we want to talk about why this does not coincide with the teachings of the Bible on another episode. We thank you for listening today. We thank you for tuning in wherever you are. And wherever you are, we wish you good health, a good life, good things to you, positive vibes from us. You all have a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night, wherever you find yourself. Thank you for listening.